across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. Get a free video of rapport building and touching during the listing presentation. Yes, the right way to touch and the wrong way to touch. Discover how eight top agents from around the world get sellers to instantly like them while eliminating the competition. Go to hybendigital.com backslash rebus. That's hybendigital.com backslash rebus. R-E-B-U-S. Okay, Rockstar Nation, we have a great guest today coming from sunny Atlanta, Georgia. Mr. Andy Peter from the Peters Company is on the line, and we're going to talk about some really good stuff. He is making some major waves there in the Atlanta metro area. So without further ado, Andy, welcome to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate you having me. Hey, why don't you give a rundown about yourself uh, real quick to our audience, Andy, so they can get to know you better. Sure. I'm a, I'm a Georgia native, married my college sweetheart, and joined her in the real estate business about eight years ago. She was an individual agent and was kind of blowing up on her own, and she, uh, she'd cry every night and get some help, and I didn't get it. Um, and one day I'd had enough of my corporate job, and went in and um, gave him a notice and joined this crazy real estate business in 2008. Seemed like a good time um, <laughs> to get into real estate. Wow. Okay. And, so let me, uh, let me stop there. What, what were you doing? What was your corporate job? So I had a, um, a family drinking water business that was kind of had regional success in Georgia and, and bits of Florida. We sold it in 2006. Um, I stayed on for a couple of years and managed Georgia and Florida and traveled a lot. And, uh, we, we provided those big five-gallon bottled water cooler uh, machines. We, we, provided, we provided a replacement to that. So we use filtration and all kinds of interesting technology to create water on demand. So you, get, so you got in. You, your wife had been in the business how long then? Two years. She was a school teacher and did it on the side. And uh, I think her first year working part-time, sold 12 houses. And then it was 25 houses. And... At that point, I kind of started smelling the cooking that maybe this was something that was going to work out pretty well. And um, so as things started to degrade a little bit with where I was, it it was very tempting for me to just jump on board with her because she had really more than she could handle. Really? And and so how was that that first year when you, you know, she was this you know, fairly successful agent on her own. And then you guys both had your own identities corporately. Uh, she as a school yeah. teacher, you as a, a businessman. And then uh, how was that? What, what advice do you I have for it. our listeners who might want to add a spouse? Well, I hate being the new guy. Um, so, you know, she's a very high D. And so she would basically just give me the, the work, the business, whatever needed to be done and would say, go figure it out. So I, I did have to learn a little bit on the fly, which, and you know, looking back on it, it was probably the best way for me to possibly learn. But 
um, I was accustomed to managing, you know, 25 to 40 people at a time. And all of a sudden I had like this little cubicle desk in the corner and nobody knew who I was. So that was, a, took a little bit to get used to, but, um, you know, you kind of put your ego aside and you get down to work and business just kept growing. We were growing at uh, 10 plus percent a year, you know, all through the downturn, went to 40 units, you know, did that for a few years, a couple of years, then went to 60 and then 100 units, 125. And last year we did 165. 165 units. units. Um, so what was your volume on that? 60 million in volume. That's sweet. Um, 165 units. Yeah, and so was, uh, and what was your GCI? We were, as a team, we we're a little over one seven. Okay. Um, I think individually we were more like one one, one two in that range. You mean, oh, okay? So, we, so, so you mean as a team you were one seven, and then your cost of goods, your commissions that you paid out to your team was about six hundred thousand. Is that right? Correct. And then what was your profit margin? What was what was left? We operated last year on about a thirty nine percent profit margin. So thirty nine of the one seven. Yeah. Yes. Okay, exactly. I got you. So thirty nine of the one seven. So, you know, about six hundred fifty thousand, which is which is good. Right. Very 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 yep. good reason to leave your job and her to leave her school teacher job. It was good. At least financially. At least financially. And yeah. So so would you say you've grown as a couple now that you have a common goal? We certainly have. I mean real estate is still a bit of a strategic game to us. You know, I, I know a lot of times when she was in the business and I wasn't and her phone would ring or she'd have to work on the weekends or at nights, I'd get kind of irritated. And now, you know, as those opportunities arise, it's, it's almost a challenge. Like, you know, get that call. It's a money call. You know, if mm -hmm. you, you don't get it, I'm even mad at you. Um, so it, it really is different now because we both kind of want the same thing. That's great. And so tell me about your team now. Like, how is it set up? Who do you have on it? What do they do? Sure. So we've got, we're, we're pretty balanced. Um, we have followed that Keller Williams MRA model fairly well throughout the years. Of course, we've made our fair share of mistakes. But essentially, um, we have me handling all the listings right now. I'm, I'm hiring my replacement right now. And then we have a buyer division, which is head by a lead buyer's agent. She has two buyer's agents that work underneath her. Um, we haven't really had success with the showing agent model. We actually have their full-on you know, buyer's agents that are managed by the lead buyer's agent. And then uh, that makes up the sales staff. So you've and, got and so do they, do, they, do they just kind of get like a 50-50 split and then the, the lead one gets an extra 5% override? Or how do you work that? Uh, it's essentially a 40% for them, and then the lead buyer's agent gets 10. So the house always gets 50. The house always gets 50. Okay, that's a, that's an alternative way to do that. And, and why do you find that that's worked better than the um, you know 25% to a showing agent and 75 to an agent plus a, a uh, salaried person you know handling all the deals? Why is that working better for you? You know, just try and minimize a little bit the shuffling. Because I usually am fielding all the leads and converting, so I'm I'm not only taking on the listing side, but I've been doing a lot of ISA kind of stuff. Yeah, and well, you know, you know we're I'm better already, closers at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, you give me a you give me ten yeah. ad calls, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn five of them into 
solid leads. You give them to the agents, right. you know, maybe one. So it, it makes That's sense. Right. It makes sense. So yeah. you've become the ISA. You've become the inside sales agent. You've taken that away. The house is getting 50, which maybe if you paid an ISA or and people like that, mm-hmm. you'd be at 50 anyways. Yeah, exactly. So I, you know, I know I can't do that long term. It's just not going to be sustainable for me. But Right now it's working and, you know, my first step is to get that listing person on board and uh, we've got plenty of leads to support another listing person right now and then the next step will be doing the ISA model. So on the admin side, kind of the ops team is my wife, Leslie, who is our director of operations and she manages the transaction coordinator, which does contract to close on all deals. And then the listing manager. The listing manager interfaces with me probably more than anybody, but she's actually managed by Leslie. And then uh, we just hired a director of marketing that's going to be in charge of not only generating leads, but accountability on the team. Mm-hmm. So she's, you know, she's generating leads on her own just through 33 Touch and Beyond plans. But then she's also heading up Boomtown, and you know, she's making sure that all of our systems and processes on lead generation are working. So your wife is there managing the mothership. She's head of operations, head of chief of right. staff, so to speak, right? Yep. And you're yep. the you're the you're the outside guy. She's the inside mm-hmm. person. So tell mm-hmm. me about the outside guy stuff. What what are you doing on a regular basis? Sure. So I go on about five listing appointments uh, a week, and essentially, you know, I, I list eight to twelve houses a month something like that. Um, and I'm on a talent hunt. I mean, every day my, really my one thing is going on listing appointments, but I would say 20% of my day is, is spent on trying to find people. And you know, that's, that's sales and it's admin. Um, we've got a organizational chart, you know, that we, we work towards the ultimate goal is a hundred million in volume, 300 deals. So we know we need 12 people in order to make that work. And so now it's just getting on it and, and filling those filling those holes as quickly as we can. That's awesome. So um, so you're out there catching balls constantly uh, with regards to listings. So you know, let's talk about that because that's a lot of houses, eight to twelve a month. I mean, you're 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 busy. Um, let's talk about some systems that you have with regards to the listing appointment. Exactly. Now, do you do a one step listing appointment or a two step? It is a, it's a one step, but I will say if I get criticized for anything, it's that I take a little bit of time getting to the market. Hmm. So essentially I go on the appointment. The appointment takes about 45 minutes. Okay. You know, maybe an hour if I spend more time looking at the house, but you know, really once I gain commitment, I'll send that seller an email with a timeline of events that take place between now and the time they list. And we agree on what that date is and what the price is and all that. And I'll follow up and, and lay it out for them just so they can we can all see it and get on the same sheet of music. And the first thing we do, of course, is we send out a listing agreement. I, I know I get criticized about this a lot. I don't, I really don't strong arm people and get them to sign a listing agreement at the, at the table. I uh, I'll send it through DocuSign. The admin does it, and I tell them this. I actually, actually use that as a bit of a selling feature. You know, I'm not here to throw you against the wall and and um, make you sign something today. We do everything in a, in a process that makes sense, and we're paperless, and, and that has value to us. And 
you know, that way they, they can kind of let their guard down a little bit. And we really start to build that trust relationship. That's interesting. So do you tell um, them that at the beginning? Do you say, I'm not going to use car salesmen yeah. you here and try to close you yes. because we're paperless and I, you can't, even if I want, if you wanted to sign with me, I couldn't. Right. So, yeah. so, so, yeah. so relax and it works. Yep. It works. It works. Um, I, my, my biggest issue with listings, I just need more listing appointments. My conversion <laughs> rate is 80, 80%. Well, that, that's pretty good. 80, 80%, 75% without having to get them signed right then and there. So, so take me through the process. Like how, how what do you, what are you doing while you're in the house for that hour? Essentially, it's just asking them a few qualifying questions just to make sure that they're motivated and that this is the right thing for them. And then once you know we, we both kind of agree that, that we're ready to roll, then I'll go into the marketing plan. I'll spend you know 20 minutes talking about what we do and, and why it's worked for us in the past. And you know, we answer some questions, and then we take a look at the house, and, and it's done. Um, the first thing that I will say that we do that, that might be a little different is we send in a stager. So I pay for a stager to stage every house before I list it. Really? Matter be, if it's be, a one before you have a commitment, or, you're, you're sending in your stager. Yep. So I'll figure out what the, the list date is, the price. We'll lay out the timeline of events, which will start with sending the listing agreement, getting that signed. Then the next thing is the stager. The next thing is the, the listing manager. So my right arm will go in and she'll you know, take all the detailed notes about the house and drop off the lockbox and talk about showings and how all that works. And then the uh, photographer comes, can let themselves through the lockbox. Um, we'll get the photos the next day. We need a, you know, two or three business days once we get the photos, put the finishing touches on the marketing plan, and you know we're out the door. So... It's probably a two-week, 10-day, two-week process from, all right, Andy, go, let's list it, to actually getting it on the market. And um, it, just, it takes us a little bit of time. That's that's great. So first of all, 165 units, how many of those were listings, would you say? There were 70 listings and 95 buyers. Okay. So I know that buyers are a byproduct of your 70 listings. So what can you tell us that you did to get those 70 listing settlements? Well, you know, our business is built on referrals repeat. So 85% of what we do is referrals repeat. So I have a pretty warm call and, and perhaps that's why I don't have to you know, slam the door when I'm on a listing appointment, because those people, for the most part, already bought me before I even got there. So it's a much, much warmer call for me. Um, in, in terms of, of getting the business, you know, we, there's not a whole lot of folks in Atlanta that they can meet with that sell as many houses as we do. So we can kind of show them exactly how that works. And, you know, we, we run up against the, well, thinking about using the neighborhood agent hmm. and I always use the analogy of if you got to have open heart surgery, are you going to want the guy that has done the most in Atlanta? Or are you going to want the guy that's done the most in the country? And that's, that usually will, will solve that you know, dilemma that people are having about using the neighborhood agent. Cause we don't spec- you know, specifically concentrate on one particular area. 
Wow, that's a good one. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. And then, so are you doing anything uh, to get buyer leads or uh, other than, you know, repeat and referral business? Well, I convert a lot of buyer, you know, calls off the signs. You know, the first thing I ask every person that calls me is, who's your agent? And I assume that everybody that's calling me has an agent. So I'm calling you and saying, how much is this house? And you're saying, okay, who's your agent? Yep. (laughs) I love it. And um, so once they, you know, either they can't think of somebody to tell me um, or they're just going to tell me who it is. And whenever people tell me they don't have an agent, I always act surprised. I'm like, you got to have an agent. Like you really need somebody to look out for you and your best interest. And I would say three quarters of the time, the houses they're calling on are already under contract. Of course. So at that point I'm usually going into, is this happening to you a lot? You know, you find in the houses you're calling on already under contract. How would you like to get into some of these houses before they go under contract or maybe even before they get listed? Um, You know, we've got a team. That's all they do. They help people find houses and they're amazing at it. Um, Do me a favor. Love for you to meet with them. You know, 30 minutes of your time and, and hopefully it's something that's valuable to you. But if it's not, you know, no harm, no foul. But I think it'll be worthwhile. And you're going for the CETO, the come into office, huh? Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's absolutely. great. That's great. So so tell, let's talk technology a little bit. What what uh, phone app or, or software are you excited about and your team's excited about now? Well, we're, um, we, we use Boomtown now to generate leads. And I'll tell you, that was pretty rough going at first. I mean, we... Um, you, know, you see all these shiny objects and you think, you know, all these people are saying they're awesome, they're awesome, they're awesome. And um, if you don't use it correctly, it's just it's going to be worthless. And I think for the first year we had Boomtown, it took us that long to figure out what in the heck we were doing. And um, we're probably 14, 16 months into it now. We're just starting to see the fruits of that. Mm-hmm. So it's been... Um, you know, very early on, six months in, I was like, we're done. Like, we're just not going to do this. Yeah, wow. And we agreed okay. to do it for another six months. And um, I had the wrong mindset, you know. I just, I, I wasn't embracing it like I should have. But um, through skill skill improvement, you know, training, we have made great strides in that. And we're closing a couple deals a month now off of Boomtown and, you know, hoping to get that up to about six deals a month. And uh, we'll, we'll be rock and rolling. So, I'm excited about that. Uh, the internet is kind of foreign to us. We've, we've not really done a whole lot through the internet. And um, it's been great being exposed to, you know, Gary's group, you know, the, the amount of folks that are in that, that are in expansion, and they're blowing up business in terms of using the internet has been very eye-opening for mm. us. And what? so we're, we're committed to that. So what is what is the market like in Atlanta, Georgia right now? Would, what would you say? Buyer's market, seller's market, equilibrium. Where do sellers. you think you're at? Seller's market. And why do you it's say sellers. that? We've got about a three-month supply of inventory now in Atlanta. We, we would suggest six months would be a balanced market. There's, you know, there's always been a seller's market in some areas of Atlanta. Um, but now I feel like it's a, the, the majority of the city. It's all still price driven, but you know I, we've got a we got a shortage. There's no doubt we've got a shortage. Shortage, shortage of listings. Shortage of listings, and it is impacting a little bit in terms of the folks that want to list. You know, they want to find that house before they consider selling their house. So, 
you know, starting to see a little bit of a, a, a clog with that mindset, but just something that we're continuing to battle through. Interesting. So, um, where would you say you are? You came in in 2008. So your wife came in at 2006. So would you say this is the biggest seller's market you've seen, right? Since your team yeah. has been in existence, right? And so normally, yeah, you're, you're, now I remember 2006 when Leslie got in, I remember it being crazy, but my, I didn't have really great perspective on it because I wasn't in the business yet. Do you, do you think values are um, the same or are they still less than, you know, what they were sometime in the early 2000s in Atlanta? I think um, in, in the highly desirable areas of Atlanta, we're over those values. Um, I think Atlanta as a whole is probably right there where, you know, at, at the peak. At the peak. So you're re-peaking. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting because yeah. I've talked to other agents that are like, you know, if, if they get a if they get a seller who bought in two thousand four, they say, hey, you're worth what you bought it for, you know, pretty much as a rule yeah. of thumb. So, so it's interesting to hear that you you guys are almost you you are exceeding your yeah. peak in the early two thousands, which is very very interesting. So, what are you doing and what are you training your buyer agents to do to get houses for people where you have multiple offers or where you have uh, a lot of competition? Sure. So, I, I mean, the easiest thing to do is get with a lender that can give you very short timelines. We We've got a lender that gives, you know, can, can turn a deal around in seven days and tells us, you know, you put seven days due diligence, you put seven days financing, you put seven days appraisal. And that's just, I mean, that, that's almost unheard of, but that's been a, a bit of a silver bullet over the last 90 days that we've used. Hmm. Um, I would say half of the deals we're doing are multiple offers. Um, we also, you know, let the seller pick the closing day. I mean, we're, always trying to get a buyer to be very flexible with the close date. Possession after the closing, you know, I've, we've, we've given 30 days away for free. Yeah. Wow. In, in Interesting. Okay. The ability to get a house. Um, the, the win really is getting the house. You know, it's not, you get it at a certain price or you get some kind of term. The, the win is getting the house. Right. Um, so yeah, I would say the, the timelines, the possession, the close date, um, Sometimes we're throwing out due diligence altogether. We're just doing kind of a, a right to request repairs. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the timeline is probably the biggest thing. You can say I'll put down more earnest money and whatnot, but if you really only have a seven-day due diligence period and all your contingencies are off the table, I mean, it, it's not as good as a cash deal, but it sure looks pretty strong. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense, and and that's smart to 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 prep them and train them, you know. I yeah. mean, because you you want to win deals. That's at the end of the day. Yeah. That's what you, that's what you're doing. So, what is your favorite script today? Would you say whether it be for a seller or for a buyer? On the buy side, you know, you've got to make sure that people understand where the market is, and that this is what the averages are. But you're not looking for an average house. You're, you're looking for the house that everybody wants. Cause that's the one that we want you to buy. That's the one that's going to have the most value long term. So, you know, if the, if the average house in Atlanta is selling for ninety five percent of the list price, you're not going to you're not going to buy an average house. You're going to want the house that's ninety nine to sometimes one hundred one percent of list price. So you got to have those conversations with them up front 
if you try and do that during negotiations, you know, you're just going to come across as used car salesmen. Hmm. Um, so education, you know, making sure that the buyer is aware of what's going on. I, I would say on the list side, one of the issues that we're having is that sellers are just getting kind of cocky with, with pricing. You know, they're, they're wanting to price things out of the market. And uh, as a result, you know, you're, you're seeing some of those people. I never say no to a listing. I mean, I want listings. There, there, there's a bigger picture involved. But I'm always trying to keep a seller's feet on the ground and say, look, we're going to look for 10 days. And, you know, if we don't have a showing in 10 days, we got to reduce it. And if we have 10 showings and we have no offers, we got to reduce it. Yeah. And so you, so you won't, you won't try to like, you, you'll never lose a listing on prices, basically what you're saying, because you don't know if the market is going to ascend to that point by the time you put it in MLS. Yeah. I mean, I, I would take a listing at a price that I'm a bit uncomfortable with, with the understanding that they're going to play by these rules. You know, that I don't want to. I don't want to just list a house for the sake of listing a house and mm-hmm. you take it to sell it. But 10 days go by and you don't have a, a single showing that tells you what you need to know. And 10 showings on an offer tells you what you need to know. And if you go 30 days and you're not under contract, that tells you what you need to know. So as long as they're cool that this is what it looks like, this is what bad looks like, yeah, and they realize that something's got to change, I'm good. Hmm. Very interesting. I'm good. Very interesting. What, yeah. what book are you reading now, Andy? 10 times rule um, is what we're reading as a team right now. We've In the last last four months, we've read uh, Shift. We've read the Energy Bus. We just finished The One Thing, and now we're reading the 10 times rule. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah. so every month you guys read a new book, it sounds like. Roughly. I mean, the team is reading them. Um, I'm reading some and then they're reading some and, and we're all holding each other accountable to the team books. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gary's got us reading a book called matter that, uh, I've just started as well. So matter it's funny. I've never been called matter. Hmm. Uh, I can't even think of the author of it. Pat, I've talked about yeah, it. Sounds like a yesterday. cool name though. <laughs> yeah. I, I, essentially it's about how do you make your business matter? Okay. And, um, Oh, interesting. It'll be an interesting, yeah. An interesting read, I'm sure. And then, but, and then that's kind of what you're known for too, right? Is um, team building, team nurturing. You know, the, the the whole culture of a team. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so we have um, we've had a lot of success using this idea called the future self. I'm sure you're well aware of it, but the, the premise is you sit down with your folks and you're 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 having a conversation with them around. 10 years from now, you're looking back on your life and it's been the most amazing experience you've ever thought could happen. And what happened? You know, what, is, what does it look like? What have you achieved in 10 years? And you get some kind of big, big thinking going on. And sometimes you have to, as we sit down with our team members and we have these discussions, sometimes you have to poke them and prod them to get them to think bigger. And you learn a lot about them. You learn about what their motivations are what they want to do, what's important to them. Um, and sometimes they're small thinkers and sometimes that's, that's exposed pretty well. But, you know, lately the conversations that we've been having out of it is, you know, well, I want your job or, um, (laughs) I want to teach, you know, I, I want to go teach classes or I want to create a business that I, I can do this at a high level. And yeah. So then it just becomes about helping people get what they want. 
and um, and hopefully that matches up with what what we would see for them as well. Yeah. But um, Gary tells us if you if you build great people, they'll build you a great company, and, and we've really bought in that. We've tried to make sure everybody has what they need, um, but we hold them highly accountable. You know. Hmm. That's great. That's great. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So let's wrap this up, Andy, with our flagship question. And that's this. If I took you and I put you on a deserted island, not a deserted island, an island, right? With nine other top real estate agents on this island, people are buying and selling things and real estate and there's a lot of money flowing, but you don't know anyone. No one of the 10 agents knows anyone. All of you get one cell phone, one laptop computer and $500 cash. How is Andy going to sell more houses than the other nine agents on the island? Because every week, the agent who sells the least amount of houses gets thrown off the island, essentially thrown off the reality show. And your goal is to last for 10 weeks and sell the most houses. How are you going to win? Using only the phone, right? You can't, you're not interacting with the clients. Is that right? Yeah, well, you don't have clients yet. So yeah, you can you yeah. can use a computer, you can use the phone, you could go door knocking. You just gotta well, get you just gotta going. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing, probably the easiest way would be to door knock the heck out of a, a specific area. And then once you get one listing, service the heck out of them so much so you get buy in from them up front that you're gonna be you know, this is gonna be the best experience you've ever had. And for that what I would ask of you is that you would you know, write me some testimonials that you would tell your friends. Um, and so I would get that one listing and then I would send out a mailer to that geographical area with the permission of that seller saying, hi, we're about to list our house with, with Andy and the Peters company. And I just wanted you guys to know that if you have anybody that might be interested in, in the home to contact Andy directly and, and here's the number. And, um, I'd service the heck out of it, get the home sold, then I'd send another mailer out to the group and homeowner, and it would say, as promised, I promised my agent if he did a great job that I would let you know that they were, um, you know, that they did a great job, they got the job done, and um, here's their contact information should you want to you know, sell your house. And I'd continue to door knock the area, probably 20, 20 out front, 20 to the left, 20 to the right, um, and just try and get critical mass in one small area and then you know, blow it up from there. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, kind of expand like a snowball. Yeah. I mean, with 500 bucks, there's not a whole lot you can do. You probably end up going through a couple, couple pairs of tennis shoes. Um, <laughs> well, that's, that's a great way to spend it. You have to spend it on, you know, three pairs of killer uh, running and walking shoes. Yeah. I, I think the, the key to it, and it's just my perspective is, you got to give somebody something that they can talk about with others and, and you got to stay in touch with them. So you got to make sure that they know how much you appreciate their business and that you're there for a resource for them, whether they're buying or selling or investing in real estate for the next seven years until they do the next one. That's awesome. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's just database, just taking care of people. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, Andy, this has been great. I appreciate you coming on the show today. Best of luck to you in Atlanta, Georgia. Next time I'm out that way, we will definitely get together and break some bread, my friend. Would love it. Would love it. Thanks so much, Pat. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this session of Real Estate Rockstars. I'm Pat Hyben, and I appreciate you spending time tuning in for some rock-solid advice. 
I encourage you to take action on something that you have connected with. These insights, along with goal setting, will help carry you to achieving your destiny. Visit hybendigital.com for resources, how to's, ebooks, and so much more. Also, reach out to us on Twitter. My handle is at Pat Hyben. And don't forget, Rockstar Nation, keep rocking. And now a word from our sponsor, Rebus University. Get a free video of rapport building and touching during the listing presentation. Yes, the right way to touch and the wrong way to touch. Discover how eight top agents from around the world get sellers to instantly like them while eliminating the competition. Go to hybendigital.com backslash Rebus. That's hybendigital.com backslash Rebus. R-E-B-U-S. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.